0: WERU Radio, WERU FM 89.9 Blue Hill, and streaming live at WERU.org. Support for WERU comes from Susan Bakeley and Chris Marshall at the 13th Moon Center in Montville, offering shamanic healing, art from the heart, through art, therapy, and classes since 1985. More information is
1: available at 13thmooncenter.net, all spelled out, or 589-3063.
2: It's 36 degrees outside the studios here in Orland, Maine, WERU-FM 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming everywhere at WERU.org. Stay tuned for Healthy Options.
0: Good morning. Cynthia Swan here, your host today for Healthy Options, with my guest, Melanie Rose Schofield. Some of you who are regular regular listeners will remember that uh, Melanie's been here before, Melanie is a clinical herbalist, director, and founder of the Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions in Rockport, Maine. She also continues periodically to teach in Boston at the herbal school there as well. She's on Facebook, and she has programs for all ages, children, herbalists, and advanced herbalists. And her website is School. Com. Today, we're going to talk about the ancient art of facial analysis. So we want to encourage you, go and get your hand mirrors and paper and pen, because this is going to be a fun, interesting, informative, educational topic um, that is, uh, is going to be useful in your life, the ancient art of facial analysis. So pull your mirrors out and take a good look at your face today. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you, Cynthia. It's wonderful to be here with you again. Well, let's start from the top down. I mean, you've you've done this as a class, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so this is like one of your many offerings. I think you have this coming up as well at the...
1: Yes, this is one of the skills that we teach our advanced level students. Um, When you become a clinical herbalist, we teach assessment skills, and facial analysis is one of the skills we use to look look for imbalances in the body. We also work with reading the pulses, and we also look at the tongue. And these are traditions that are based in Ayurveda as well as traditional Chinese medicine. So
0: this is um, so this is like old stuff come around still still new in some ways to people but it's, it's been used old for centuries. Stuff.
1: Absolutely, it's um, been used for at least three thousand years that we know of. It was traditionally practiced in China by the Taoist monk healers, and it was um, it's commonplace to go to if you go to China and you see an acupuncturist there. Um, uh oh, we lost our
0: sound. Did we lose our sound? No, we're good. Oh, we're, we're good. good. <laughs> just had for a little reason. technical
1: difficulty here some in the office.
0: strange
1: thing with a microphone. <laughs> in China, they will always read the face if you go to see an herbal practitioner or an acupuncturist. And it's said that a good doctor can identify 70% of a person's health problems just by examining the patient's face. So um, what we're going to be looking at today in your face is your overall face shape. We'll also be looking at colors that show up on the face and also lines and the quality of those lines. So um, so all of them, all of those, um, all of those things are going to tell us something about our overall health. Yes, all of those things can tell us something. And as a clinician, we don't just look at the face, I'm going to say, oh, I'm noticing something on my face or on your face. And let me double check that in my in my client's story to see if that's matching up with what their complaints are telling me. Or let's double check it on the tongue. Is it also showing up on the tongue? And do I feel it in the pulses too? And once you get at least two um Two, two or more pieces of evidence here. You know, you're looking at a larger symptom picture, so you're able to better choose the herbs that you need to work with that person. Okay, so you're following the clues. In other words, so you want multiple
0: clues. clues to back up what you're what you're finding. Here. Exactly, we're becoming health detectives. Oh, I love that. Okay, so well, let's dive in. So, um, what what do you where, where do you want to start with this? Um,
1: so, I think I'd like to begin with the face shape. And so the, fa- the, sh- um, the shapes are based on the Chinese element system. So we use the five elements in traditional Chinese medicine, which are water, fire, wood, earth, and metal. And we also take a look at the three constitutions, the three major constitutions in Ayurveda, which is kapha, pitta, and vata. So taking a look at your face now, let's see what the shape of your face is. Is it more round? Is it more square? Does it look more triangular? Or is it more like a teardrop, like a water drop? So all of these shapes tell us something about yourself, whether it's um, characteristic, whether it tells speaks to your character, or whether it may talk about um, inclinations to have certain imbalances in certain areas or certain strength as well. So let's first talk about the water element. So if you're a water person, you may have a teardropped face, which means your jaw is wider than your temples. You may have a high hairline. Um, you're going to be prone to having puffiness under the eyes. of uh, water, water retainer? Water retainers, okay. yes. The water shape is linked to the kidneys and the bladder. So in Chinese medicine, all of the elements are linked to particular organ systems. So in this case, for water, it is the kidneys and bladder. And water types are naturally reflective thinkers. They tend to be philosophical and emotional. They also tend to be intuitive. And water types cannot be pushed. Water flows where water wants to flow. And you can't can't (laughs) force them into anything in their lives. They want to go in their own direction. Um... They need to go at their own pace. And water types are also naturally skilled at brainstorming. So that's a little bit about the water element.
0: And again, that's for the face that has the wider jaw
1: Mm-hmm. And perhaps a narrower forehead? A narrower forehead? temple, narrower okay. forehead, exactly. Okay, wider jaw. Mm-hmm. So if you think about a teardrop, an exaggerated version of that, of course. Okay. For that face shape. Now, as an Ayurveda, many of you are familiar with the constitutions of vata, pitta, and kapha. And internally we possess all three of those constitutions in varying degrees, Mm -hmm. but we're going to have a predominant dosha or constitution. And the same goes for the face shapes, too. You may exhibit signs of fire and wood or water and earth. Um, So as I go through all these different face shapes, notice, well, you might be looking in the mirror now saying, I think I see a little bit of water, but it's not the whole picture. So let's go down and talk about some of these other face shapes. So for the face shape of fire... For the fire element, this is also a pitta type of a constitution. Think of an upside-down triangle where the forehead may be a little broader and the the chin, it goes down to a point with your chin. So a famous mm-hmm. person I can think of is Meg Ryan, who has this oh, face yes. shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are fiery people. They also may have a heart-shaped face is another way of thinking about it. Pointy chins, pointy tongues even. They tend to have fiery personalities. They tend to be energetic and passionate and full of life. Um, Shining eyes. They tend to be sharp-tongued also. Mm -hmm. Fire Um, element. Fire element. Um, Let's see. Fire people are great naturally at marketing and social media. And the organ systems that rule the fire type are heart and small intestines.
0: Ah, well, and it also, that reminds me of like the pitta in Ayurvedic medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the fiery energy and inflammatory conditions Mm -hmm. are typically
1: associated with pitta when your pitta is up. And we'll find a lot of crossover between the Ayurvedic systems and the Chinese systems.
0: Yeah, yeah, very cool.
1: So let's um, move on to the wood element. These are the square faces, strong jaws, strong brow lines. Um, and overall, more squel- square-shaped face, well-defined jaws. And these people tend to be more driven, ambitious, disciplined, and confident. They're natural leaders. And on the flip side, they're prone to anger and frustration. There could be a tendency toward impulsiveness and impatience. Um, wood element is governed by the liver and the gallbladder, the gallbladder has to do with the emotion of will, and the liver holds anger, but also joy, depending on the health, the health of your liver. So it's interesting, in Chinese medicine, every organ has an emotion associated with it.
0: Yeah, and a color, I think it's, right? So mm-hmm. it's the, the uh, yeah. yeah. and of
1: course, Yes, the, so the color of liver is, is yellow. And of course, in the third chakra, that's all about will too, right? Our center of will and power, personal mm-hmm. power. And wood is also prone to pitta imbalances. So moving on to earth, earth you can probably guess is going to be our round faces, our you know the quintessential Charlie Brown face. That may definitely be a little earth. yeah, definitely earth, maybe a little over exaggerated, but round faces in general. Um, these are also our kapha types. Kapha in Ayurveda is our water and earth element combined. And that's exactly how the Earth, exhibit shows itself. They're denser people. Um, they possess grounded energies. Um, maybe full lips. The energy in Earth people is settling and grounding. It moves downward. And Earth types tend to be receptive. They also tend to be caregivers, very kind, compassionate people. Everybody wants to have an earth person in their lives. Mm -hmm. These are the persons we can, these are the people we can talk to and rely on. Um, Very family oriented. And on the flip side, earth people can be overprotective. They tend to be warriors and meddlers. Um, But earth people are natural mediators and peacemakers. And they often work in human resources The organs associated with earth types are stomach, spleen, and pancreas. And then moving down to our last of the five elements, we have metal. So the element of metal, when you think about metal forming in the earth, the energy is inward moving and contracting. That's how metal is formed. So, um, metal, a metal face shows up as a long oval face, as a slender face. Barack Obama is very metal. Mm. He has a little bit of fire in him, too. But, he, you know, he's predominantly metal, I would say. And metals tend to be introspective. Um, they are sensitive. They tend to be scholarly. They are also hypersensitive and self-conscious. They, are, they tend to be perfectionists. And metal people also love organization. They veer toward anxiety, can be very self-critical and inflexible, but they're also the alchemists. They're naturally organized in business. And other chief features of a metal type when you're looking at somebody's face is they tend to have a long nose and probably high cheekbones. Um, Metal types often have a lot of moles on their skin, interestingly Mm -hmm. enough. Um, another quintessential metal type is John Lennon from the Beatles. Think about long face, high cheekbones, long nose. That's Abe the Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, metal type,
0: historical figure. And I was thinking um, Winston Churchill, maybe perhaps for water.
1: Yes, absolutely. Winston Churchill is a good one
0: for water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you think back on the historical figures. So, so that's all the face. So, so quick review. Um, in general, those of you at home looking in the mirror, you said the fire was the...
1: The upside down triangle. Yep. Water was the... The teardropped face.
0: Wood was Wood our, is
1: the square jaw, the more of the square face. Earth, earth was
0: our round.
1: Earth is our rounder face. And metal is the longer oval face. So take a look at those and see what elements you have mm-hmm. inside of you. It's going to tell a lot about who you are as a person, the way you operate, and possibly some tendencies that you may have when you go out of balance with your health, you know, if we get if we go off our healthy diets and our healthy lifestyles, what's the first thing that happens to us? So take a look at those organ systems associated with that and see if that also speaks true to you. If you're just joining
0: us, my guest today is Melanie Rose Schofield here on Healthy Options, and we're talking about the ancient art of facial analysis. Melanie's the director and founder of the Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions in Rockport, and you're listening to WERU, 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming. W-E-R-U dot O-R-G So Melanie, what's next? So you look at the
1: overall um, shape of the face So that's the first thing we do in our clinics Is we look at the face shape So now just finishing up with metal Metal was the last one that we did Metal is associated with the lungs, the skin, and the large intestines And metal types are prone to allergies And also Vata disturbance Which means air, nervous system issues Mm -hmm. feeling anxiety Um, so that's the first thing we do is we go through all the elements Um, the next step is that we take a look at the colors so there are colors associated with the skin that all have significant meaning if you tend to be a pale person there's a lot of paleness in your complexion that means that there's coldness and deficiency there um, possible anemia or low blood pressure and low immune function, and overall low vitality. So all of this is um, is very common sense when you think about it. You just have to have somebody tell you about it. Then you say, oh, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. that completely makes sense. So white, pale is coldness and deficiency. So the next color we'll mention is the opposite of white and pale. Let's talk about red. So as so you can imagine, what would red Cynthia, what would you think? Fiery, fiery. I think of fiery. Too much fire. Almost. Too much fire. And when you have too much fire in the body, how does that exhibit inflammation? Inflammation. So if you have a lot of red in your face, in Chinese medicine, they would say excess heat. Mm. Um, irritation, inflammation, possibly high blood pressure. Now, kids naturally run hot. Kids are just, mm-hmm. they're always warmer than we are as adults, and we tend to become colder as we age. So when you're more youthful, you're going to notice a lot more redness in the skin, and that's perfectly normal. Um, they're at the pitta stage of their life.
0: Right, running around more, too. They're, they're more around. physically
1: active, typically, right? Absolutely. So you see that. Absolutely. Um, the redness that I'm thinking of that would be out of balance would be your, your classic... Um, middle-aged male lawyer who is overheated talking, you know, in court, and there's all the redness in the face. That's the type of redness that we would look for in terms of imbalance. Mm. Um, Let's talk about the color yellow. So yellow also shows up in the complexion, and um... Sometimes this is genetic, and and yellow also speaks to the liver and gallbladder. If there's a lot of liver that shows up, it could mean stagnation in the liver and gallbladder area. Congested liver, which is a common issue. It's a very common issue. And change of season, we have to detox and clean those livers out. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, It also can indicate a sluggish lymphatic system, but overall obstruction of bile. It can also mean heat in the liver, according to Chinese medicine. Um, yellow skin also can mean not assimilating vitamin A properly. So we have to dig around for more clues, right? We're health detectives mm-hmm. here, so we keep asking the questions. What's going on here? And, of course, the yellowness in the eyes is a sign of jaundice. But all going back to the liver, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. And of course the liver produces bile, which is yellow. And in herbal medicine we look to plants with yellow flowers to treat the liver. Oh, dandelin. dandelion. Dandelion is a, root and yeah. absolutely yellow dock. It doesn't have yellow flowers, but it's what the root has a yellowness to it.
0: Oh fair. It's wonderful cool, yeah. for the liver.
1: So there's that in the doctrine of signatures that we, we go to. So let's take a look at the color gray. Um I don't see a lot of gray, but, but I see it occasionally. And you'll often find gray in long-term smokers. Uh, gray indicates a lack of oxygen and the integrity of the lungs overall. When you see gray in somebody's complexion, it often will show up on the cheeks, which is the area of the lungs. So no big mm-hmm. surprise there. Um, gray can also indicate dehydration and carbon monoxide poisoning and emphysema. So a little bit about gray. Um, And there are wonderful herbs to help clear that up. So moving on to the color green. Green is a less common color, but it... Almost always has to do with heavy metals in the system. Ah, okay. Um, particularly aluminum. I don't know if you've ever heard of aluminum poisoning and someone's hair turning green, but the same thing would go for the skin. Ah. So you would see patches of green or a green sheen or a tent. And when you think of all the cooking that's done in aluminum
0: and containers mm-hmm. and even aluminum foil, there's a lot of opportunity for exposure.
1: Right. High exposure rates. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, hyperparathyroidism, I've heard. I've never come across this yet in my practice, but I, it's noted in um, some reputable books and studies that mm. that's something to look for if you're seeing the green color. Um, let's look at the color blue. We have two colors left here. So blue indicates lack of oxygen, stagnant blood, poor circulation, Dehydration. Now, we don't see blue people. I'm not talking about Smurfs particularly, (laughs) but, uh, you know, just like maybe blueness under the eyes. If there's blueness under the eyes, it might be an allergic shiner where we might be talking about food allergies. But if there's blueness around the mouth or just a a blue sheen that you're noticing, it definitely has to do with lack of circulation, um, blood stagnation overall, and usually coldness that's settled into the body. Um, I will see that oftentimes in cancer patients that have gone through chemotherapy. Their immune systems have just been put through the ringer, Mm -hmm. and they're very deficient. Um, Leukemia patients will will often exhibit qualities of blue in their skin. Um, So moving on to the color black. So black we don't see as often in the skin. We might see a darkening, um, as in the darkening under the eyes, so well, and, you, yeah, you can see very
0: dark rings where it almost, for some people, where it looks almost black under the eyes.
1: Yeah, and that either has to do with adrenal fatigue or with the food allergies that we mentioned before. Um, but sometimes black does does show up, and it shows up more on the tongue than it shows up on the face.
2: Hmm. But
1: this, but it's all interconnected. So what I would say is, if you found black on your tongue, it has to do usually with necrotic tissue. And it's an alarm for something more serious going on. So I would definitely go to a doctor if I started seeing signs of black showing up either on my face or my tongue. Um, so, so that's a little bit about the face shapes and the colors so far. And... You know, the interesting thing about this is that we change as people. We're constantly recreating ourselves. The skeleton, we we have a new skeleton every 9 to 12 years, which means every cell in our body turns over at some point within a decade, usually. Mm-hmm. A decade to 12 years. So um, that being said, our face shapes can actually change depending on how we are, it, it, you know, how we exhibit ourselves, how, how we carry ourselves, what we think about ourselves, what we put into our bodies. And a perfect example of this is um, I was looking at some pictures of celebrities mm-hmm. and I came across some pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio, which I thought was so interesting because when he was younger, he was a fire. And now that he's older, he's become more of an earth. Yes. His face his, is round. His face is round now. Before he had that perfect triangular. And he was fiery. When, and he when he was, was fiery earth. when he was younger. But now that he's older, he's doing what's he doing? He's now doing he's documentaries promoting about, the earth. Yes, he's talking about the earth. He's more grounded now. He's more compassionate and loving, and his face shows that, which I think is so fascinating.
0: That is really interesting. So I guess
1: what I'll say is that if you notice these things about yourself and as we make changes and move through our lives and become different people, so to speak, um, we'll notice different ways, uh, different things about our faces, too. Now, what's the next? So what's the next thing you look for? So shape, you look for color, color. So now that we've looked at shape and color, we want to look at the quality of the skin. So we want to look at dryness and dampness and um, just what's showing up on the surface of the skin. How does it present itself? So one thing to look for is oiliness. Is the skin overly oily? If your skin is oily, there may be poor assimilation of fats, um, which can indicate an imbalance in the sebaceous glands. But it can also do with, do, have to do with the way your liver processes oils. So you would want to take a look at your liver and your gallbladder. Are you also seeing yellow in your skin? You know, are there other signs that are showing you that you're not digesting fats well? Do you feel indigestion after you eat a bunch of fat? So that would be an indicator right there.
0: Now again, you you'll see a lot of times people are oily in one. You know, they'll talk about like the T square where uh, adolescents are oily or something, and the rest of the face dry. So mm-hmm. it's combinations, right? But you're talking about the overall, the overall, yeah, if it's o- if the skin scalp, is oily.
1: Do you have oily hair? You know, all. Oh, of okay, Let's all right. Looking over-, over over the overall picture, mm-hmm. exactly. Because some of that can be hormonal related to shifting through the stages of our lives, then it can show up as combination. Um, So if you're not oily, are you dry? You know, do you tend to have dry skin? Here in Maine in the wintertime, a lot of us have really dry skin, especially if you have a wood stove. So um, if you tend to be dry, though, all year long, we would look for heat in the body. Why do we not have enough moisture in our skin? We need moistening herbs and demulsants. Um, there could be heat and irritation in the body, and why is that showing up? We would look um, w- at why the tissues are not holding on to fluids in the body. So that's what we would address in an herbal consultation. And then we would look to herbs that are demulcent herbs, which are soothing and moistening. Herbs like marshmallow and slippery elm. Or um, burdock, in this case, is good for oily or dry skin. It balances oil production overall. Mm. And this is coming... uh, People in the
0: spring, they'll be digging up the burdock roots, right? We'll be
1: using burdock for spring cleansing. Yeah, for the liver cleanse too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, Is the skin damp? Not necessarily oily, but is it damp? And you'll see this more often in your kapha types, which Mm. are the earth and water people. Um, They tend to hold on to more moisture. So, looking at your skin if it's damp and you tend to be coughic, it just tells you a little bit more about yourself so you're well you're well hydrated um but if you're overly damp, you might need to use astringent herbs and pungent herbs to dry up a state of bogginess okay if so like a more fiery herb to or yeah, so if you in foods, you would think about your mustards as a as a pungent herb, garlic, mustard, onion. Mm-hmm. They're all pungent in nature, and anything that's pungent has an action of moving upward and outward and drying up tissues in the body. Okay. Um, astringents help to also dry up, but they dry not by that upward and outward movement. Astringents dry by toning the tissues and tightening the tissues. So you th- when we think of astringents, let's think of um, lemon and uh, lime. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so is the, skin, is the surface of the skin cold? Is that person cold or are they hot? That's something else that we would notice if we're examining the quality of somebody's skin. Are they giving a, off a lot of heat or are they chronically cold? It just gives us another clue as to what's happening internally for you. Is the skin rough? We would look at roughness. Or is it smooth? Um, Wherever roughness is showing up on the face, there's a potential for dry irritation on the corresponding inner part of the body. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. We'll talk about the different parts of the face as they correspond to your different organs. And when you're saying rough, do you mean like, like I see sometimes people have like a lot of little bumps? Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, irritation, roughness, it could be dryness, it could be scaliness, it could be eczema, mm, anything mm-hmm. that's rough Okay, we're talking about. Um, and so we'll be talking about the way the face is divided up. There's, you know, the face exhibits the, um, the lungs and the large intestines and the lower pelvic floor. So you would take a look at where that roughness is showing up, and then that gives us a clue about what we should be working on. Mm-hmm. Um, We also want to look at acne. Where are we breaking out? What's going on there? Is it hormonal acne or is it acne because, we, again, our livers are sluggish? Maybe we're constipated. Um, Maybe the lymphatic system is backed up. So Mm -hmm. we want to take a look at where the acne is showing up. So now that we've talked a little bit about noticing the quality of your skin health, looking at the colors that are showing up on your skin, and noticing what elements and doshas are present in the shape of your face, we can talk about reading the face, finding out where what's showing up in the face in terms of where the organs are. So um, let's take a look at your forehead. We're going to stop at the top of your face and move all the way down to your chin. So the... Um, where the hairline is, if you have a high hairline, that has to do with the health of your kidneys. And just below that, your forehead represents your large and your small intestine. So the upper four, if you could divide your forehead into two halves, the upper part of the forehead has to do with the large intestines and the lower half of your forehead has to do with the small intestines. So what does that mean for us when we're looking at the face? So oftentimes we develop lines on the face, which is perfectly normal. And we uh, reading people that are a little seasoned in age is a lot mm. easier to read. If we're reading somebody who's young and they have beautiful skin and these lines haven't developed yet, it can be a little harder reading the face. But as we age, we develop these wonderful lines. And many of them we just acquire through years of smiling or wonderful years spent outside in the sun and enjoying life. But sometimes the way that lines show up on the face are a little different and maybe, maybe they're not natural. Maybe they can even fade by making lifestyle changes. So, for example, if we have lines on the forehead, that may be normal for us, especially if you have maybe a bigger forehead and then you raise your eyebrows. It's perfectly natural to have those lines. But if the lines look broken or if they're higher on one side than the other side or if there's a significant dip in the lines in a particular area that's going to give you a clue that there's something going on there. Um, In the middle, I will often see um, a break in lines or a dip in the line where the large intestine and the small intestine meets as it is reflected on the forehead. And so many times you'll ask that person, do you have any digestive issues? And they'll say yes or no. But oftentimes if they say no, you're getting more of a, a clue about what's going on with their digestive health. And digestion shows up in many places throughout the face. So that's just the first place that we look. Um, moving down toward the eyebrows, in between the eyebrows, if you um, make a little frowny face or, you know, the look of anger, um, lines will develop in between the eyebrows above the, um, the nose. And if there are lines on the side, that those are the gallbladder lines. Those are the lines of will. Mm. If you're a willful person, I, I happen to have those lines. So if you have those, don't worry. <laughs> Most people do. Um, but and also, if there's a line directly in the center that is linked to liver health, you mean in the center,
0: like above the bridge of the nose, or in above between? the bridge okay. of the nose, between the, the eyebrows, right
1: where we would right right where we would imagine the third eye to be. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right in the center there. Um, so look, always look to the liver that the liver needs support. Um, So let's... We won't do all the the parts of the face, but we'll do some of the major things that you can look for as a listener. So looking... If you're just
0: joining us, you're listening to Healthy Options. I'm Cynthia Swine with my guest, Melanie Rose Schofield, and she's the director and founder of the Earthwalk School of Herbal Medicine. Today's topic is about face reading, reading your face. So earlier we invited people to pull out their mirrors and take a look at your own face and see what it has to tell you about your health and your well-being. You're listening to WERU 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and street. Streaming w e r u dot o r g. So, where do you want to go from here? So, we've we've looked at the overall face, we've looked at the color,
1: mm-hmm. and we've
0: looked at some of the
1: lines. Mm-hmm. What's next? So, we've just talked about some of the lines in between the eyebrows. Let's keep moving downward. Oh, okay. and let's let's go to the nose. Let's go to the bridge of the nose. Um, sometimes people develop a horizontal line on the bridge of the nose, and that can do with caffeine consumption. So people that tend to drink a lot of coffee will often develop these horizontal lines on the bridge of the nose um the nose if if it's red has to do with heart health usually cardiovascular health and we'll see this with people that drink a lot of alcohol you know mm-hmm. that that's a very classic thing to notice mm-hmm. right like a bulbous a, bu- nose a bulbous sometimes. nose or a rosacea in the nose where the capillaries come to the surface redness so even even if that develops for you or for somebody that you know and they're not heavy drinkers um could it made chocolate just, too, right? Like chocolate. Can't chocolate do that for some people? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it has to do with the health of the capillary beds around mm, the okay. cardiovascular system. So just just look to that. If that's okay. showing up on your nose, you might mm, want to be eating a lot of blueberries. And who knows? Maybe dark chocolate would even be good for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a chocolate allergy and then that's showing up. Um. Moving out to the cheeks. So the cheeks represent the lungs overall. So um, notice what's happening with your cheeks. Your cheeks have a wonderful, healthy color, or do they look gray? Is there acne on the cheeks? Is there rosacea or eczema? So these are all. this all traces back to the health of the lungs. Interesting. We're going to go to a quick break, and then
0: when we come back, we're going to open up the phone lines and... Um hear what some of you have to say. We'll be right back with you. Cynthia Swan with Healthy Options with my guest, Melanie Rose Schofield, director and founder of Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions. We're going to continue our talk about the wisdom of your face and um, reading the face. Also, if you would like to call with a question or a comment for Melanie, 1-866-625-9378. And again, one 866 625 W-E-R-U. Hope you'll join us. So, Melanie, c- continue. So, so where do we go? We're still looking at the facial lines, correct?
1: Yeah, we're talking about the different regions of the face and what organ systems are linked to those particular places of the face. So we just talked about the cheeks being the seat of the lungs, exhibiting lung health. And I'll say one thing that shows up for a lot of people, because I, I run a weekly clinic for the Earthwalk School, and we have different people with varying conditions showing up all the time. And we, you know, this is something that we do is we take a look at their face. Some We have a caller. I'm oh, going to interrupt okay. you for one second. So this is Yo.
0: Welcome, Yo, to the show. What is your comment or question?
2: Well, um, from what you've said, it sounds to me as if a typical face would show a blend yes. of these various signs. And I'm just wondering how you parse that out in diagnostic terms thank you for putting on this program and thank you to everyone for supporting community radio
1: thanks yo diagnostic terms first of all i'm going to address that because as an herbalist i'm an unlicensed practitioner and um but chinese analysis was always considered chinese diag- or facial diagnosis and as a diagnostic skill but the The diagnostics show up very differently in Chinese medicine because they don't diagnose um, conventional medical syndromes per se like chronic fatigue syndrome or cancer or um, IBS. They're going to diagnose things like um, yin deficiency or shin disturbance, uh, that sort of thing. So I just wanted to say that because we can get into trouble as herbalists using the word diagnose. However, you're right, We things do show up. Um, what I would do as a practitioner is I take a look at your, your face shape and the colors and putting it all together, but I would also listen to your story, you know, what's going on for you, and then I would match that up with what I'm seeing on your tongue and what I'm feeling in your pulses. And from doing that, we can get a really good sense of how your system is running. Thanks. We have another caller here, Catherine, from A Little Hamlet.
0: Catherine, um, your comment or question for Melanie?
2: Yes, hi, Melanie, it's a question. Um, About 17 years ago, I had major um, surgery that saved my life, but Mm -hmm. what had happened was I had um, exploding ulcers, that not bleeding, but the acid um, went all over my peritonean cavity. And it damaged my gallbladder, so they had to take that. They decided to cut my vagus nerve, tra-la. Uh, as a result, I'm my, I'm losing my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm aging extremely fast because of the lines on my face, because I guess I'm not assimilating any oils, although I... Try to um, use coconut oil as much as I can every day, mm-hmm. and um, I just don't know what to do. And I have night vision blindness now. I mean, I've been reading about all the symptoms of lacking these organs, um, and the vagus nerve is awful. I used to be a singer. I mean, it's just I'm losing my voice, and I just you know the lines are really really deep, and 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 I'm and I'm not a depressed person at all. But I just sort of feel like a bit of depression all the time because I just don't feel like I used to feel, mm-hmm. so I'll just hang up the phone, honey, and listen to you okay.
1: Okay, thank, thank you, you for calling
0: what What's your reaction to that question?
1: Well, thank you for sharing your experience and it, it sounds like you've been through quite a lot and and that you're, it sounds like what you're saying is that's showing up on your face and What I would recommend is coming into our clinic. We offer um, clinics every Thursday evening, just about, not every, but several Thursdays a month, and you can sign up to be a part of our clinic and be a learning tool for our students in exchange for receiving a, a free consultation so we could really go deeper with all that. I really encourage you to reach out to us. How would she get a hold of you if she wants to do that? So if you would like to be a part of the clinic, you can either find the Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions on Facebook or you can visit the website, which is earthwalkherbalschool.com And from there, there is a, um, a place where you can email me and just tell me that you're interested in being a part of the clinic and we would be happy to read your face and... And help to bring your body back into balance after what sounds like some pretty extensive trauma. So, Melanie, the tools you would use, though, for that would
0: be herbal-based tools, right? Yes,
1: we work with holistic medicine. We work with um, herbal medicine, and we also work with supplements, and we work with with flower essences mainly. Okay. So if you're just joining us, my guest, Melanie
0: Schofield, on Healthy Options here, we are talking about the ancient face-reading um, opportunity to analyze the overall health. And if you want to call in, please do 1-866-625-9378. And again, that's 866-625-WERU. And you're listening to WERU Community Radio. Or you can also call 469-0500, 469 Five hundred. Thank you. That's uh, love. Our engineer John Greenman. He's always always helping us out. Thank you, John. So, Melanie, where where do we go from here?
1: Um, well, I'd just like to mention again why it is that we look at the face. Um, why don't I just go to a doctor and get a clinical diagnostic test? And I'd like to say that. Um, I think that this is a really important skill and it's something that the eclectic physicians of the 1800s into the nineteen early 1900s were using as part of their clinical practice as doctors. They would look at the pulses, they would look at the tongue, they would look at the face. And um, I think at this point in modern medicine that empirical knowledge has been shunned and that we want the hard... Uh, Scientific, do evidence. the blood test, do the MRI and, type of thing. Right. And what you know, <clears throat> there's certainly a time and a place for all of this. And um, many people out there are they notice signs of thyroid deficiency, for example, well before it will show up on a diagnostic
0: test. Because some argue that the tests aren't sensitive enough, and then there's so many tests for the thyroid, and oftentimes there's one or two blood tests that are done rather than an entire panel.
1: Right. So if you have something that's vague going on that can't quite be picked up on a test yet, on a clinical test in a hospital, then it's nice to just take a look to learn these skills of, okay, well, let me see if I can figure this out for myself. Dr. Aviva Rahm is a functional medical doctor in Massachusetts, and she calls this being a, a citizen scientist is learning how to read yourself. We all have the power to do this. These are skills that are quite easy to learn and they're quite effective. So, um, you know, if you have these symptoms or it doesn't just have to be thyroid, it can be something else, but it's not big enough that it's going to show up on a test, we can at least say, okay, there is an imbalance. There is something going on. I'm not crazy. It's showing up in my face. It's showing up in my pulse. Mm -hmm. And these are the herbs that we can use to help bring ourselves back into balance. So back to faces. <laughs>
0: well, you know, you also mentioned uh, areas on the face. Am I, am I skipping ahead if I say what about the tongue? Because the tongue, uh, tongue analysis, that's, that's another, um, another amazing topic. <laughs> topic of so much information.
1: It is. There's so much information on there. And I think that I'll leave that for another time. Um, again, if you're interested in having your face and your tongue read to take a look at what your internal balance state is. Um, we offer clinic Tuesdays at the Earthwalk School um, for for low income individuals and also free clinics on Thursday nights in exchange for being a quote unquote guinea pig for our students but we're we 're very gentle and, and very respectful to the people that show up it 's not as scary as it sounds um, So going back to the face again, so I'd like to talk about the area beneath the chin. Um, A lot of people that show up break out in acne, and and that's a very common place to be breaking out is the, the chin. So under your mouth is considered to be the lower pelvic floor when it comes to reading the face. Now, that doesn't give us a ton of information. It doesn't pinpoint where an imbalance is, but we know it's the lower pelvic floor, and if you're breaking out... There, it's either because there's a hormonal imbalance or that there's congestion in the colon. So there's, it's going to be one of those two things. So again, we're going to do some digging. We're going to put on our detective hats and see what else we can find. Um, there's another interesting part of the face, which is the area of the temples. And for women, um, we'll often see a pimple that breaks out there once a month during time of ovulation. And we call this the ovulation pimple. And that part of the area, is, that part of the face, is directly linked to the pituitary health. And we've seen this over and over again. And and I say this as, a, as an herbalist, and is any of this scientifically proven? No. But we, we see a lot of people. Um, Margie Flint is an herbalist in Marblehead, Massachusetts, and I've been learning how to read the body from her for quite a long time now, and she learned from the great herbalist and teacher William Lesassier, who is no longer with us, but who was taught from um, Chinese herbal practitioners. So I feel like we're getting a pretty good direct lineage here Mm -hmm. when it comes down to passing down this information. Um, Let's talk about the ears for a minute. So the ears are a fascinating part, not your face, but it's a fascinating part of your head. And um, when you look at buddhist statues if you look at a statue of the buddha the ears are always a very important depiction of the enlightenment of the buddha because in chinese or in, Ch- in chinese history they say those with long earlobes possess a lot of jing which means they have a lot of life force so the bigger the ears the bigger the earlobes the more wisdom and energy and chi that you have um so that's something that we look for actually still today is the size of your ears. Do you have big ears? Do you have small ears? Do you have a large earlobe or a very an earlobe that's very small that just goes to your connects right to your head. And if that's the case that has to do with um the amount of energy and nutrition your mother had when you were in utero. And it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting. Um there are lines that even show up on the earlobes and one very common line that shows up as a diagonal line and that talks to us about either dehydration or cardiovascular health and if there's that line there there may be a weakness in the heart or a collapsed capillary bed for example. So you're talking about a, um,
0: a vertical line right in front of the ear? Um, a diagonal
1: crease yep in the earlobe. And in traditional Chinese medicine, the entire ear is directly linked to the kidneys. And um, their idea of kidneys is a little bit different than our idea of kidneys because we just think of kidneys, you know, filtering blood, and mm-hmm. the physical things that kidneys do. But for them, all of the organs are spiritual. and. The kidneys are also the seat of the adrenal glands. So kidneys for them has to do with your your life force, your overall life force. And associated with fear, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, fear affects the health of the kidneys mm-hmm. um, and the adrenals, of course. But um, high blood pressure can show up in the ears, too. And, of course, there's a direct link between kidneys and high or low blood pressure. And it shows up in the ears based on
0: that? vertical line you're saying or not
1: on the vertical line but on the tops of the ears you'll notice if some people have very red ears Mm. oftentimes it's linked directly to high blood pressure
0: ah okay very interesting So it's
1: amazing how much information you can get from just looking at somebody's yeah that you're
0: extrapolating from the face Mm -hmm. exactly if you're just joining us we're talking about reading the facial lines and whatnot with my guest melanie rose schofield director and founder of Earthwalk School of Herbal Traditions in Rockport. You're listening to Healthy Options, and I am Cynthia Swan. We have about 10 minutes remaining. Again, if you have uh, a comment or a question for Melanie, feel free to call in 1-866-625-9378, 1-866-625-WERU. And you're listening to this Radio broadcast on 89.9, Blue Hill 99.9 Bangor, and streaming, w-e-r-u dot o-r-g. Where else do you want to go from here?
1: Um, well, I'd, I'd like to thank all of you for being patient with me in this topic, because I, I think it's a fascinating topic, but sometimes it's a little difficult to convey unless I have a blackboard here with me or a dry, dry erase board actually showing you and walking you through it. Um, but I'd like to talk about um, two books that I would recommend if you are really interested in learning more about reading your own face, and if you're, you know, if you're a massage therapist or you're dealing with a lot of people—not just a massage therapist, but even a nurse—we have a lot of nurses that come and learn these skills as well. Um, you can pick up Margie Flint's book called *The Practicing Herbalist*, and it's an expensive textbook. But it walks you through um, reading the face, reading the pulses Not just reading the tongue also, but reading the nails You can read the fingernails yeah, and Ridges can, on the nails, I've yes, read Yes, absolutely, yeah. the color of the nails, the ridges You can read the eyes and the sclera um, So there's a lot that you can do to determine somebody's health And what's going on with them Um, So that's The Practicing Herbalist by Margie Flint. And then the other book that I would recommend, which is more true to ancient Chinese face reading, is um, it's it's called The Wisdom of Your Face by Jean Excuse me, Jean Hainer. And Jean Hainer's book is fascinating. She has pictures of people and all of the different face shapes throughout, but in ancient Chinese face reading, they didn't just look at the face to determine health imbalances. They, they would actually tell you your fortune. Mm. So they would tell you what happened in your past, where you are right now, and what's likely to happen in your future based on what they see. So if you're interested in fortune telling by looking <laughs> at the lines on your face, And it's really interesting because what they say in this book is that the left side of your face is your private side and the right side of your face is your public side. And for men, particularly, the left ear will show the past, your childhood. What happened to you in your childhood? Did you have a loving, healthy childhood, a happy childhood? Or did you have a traumatic childhood? And that will show up in the ears on your left ear and then your right ear shows the present and the future. So mm. I don't use this in my clinical practice, but I think it's fascinating, and the book is wonderful. Great. The Wisdom of Your Face by Jean Hainer.
0: And um, so so any other parting comments in the minutes that we have left or something that you would um, like to continue to expand on?
1: Um, well, um I'd like to invite you all, if you're interested, to to be more a part of the Earthwalk community. And if you're interested in this topic and, and what we're doing at the school, uh, we have medicinal plant walks that will be all summer long. We will also be having a, an annual planting the medicinal herb garden day this summer, which is free and open to the public. And I will be announcing that on the Facebook page and also on the website. So. I invite you all to come out and get your hands dirty and learn about some plants and and make beauty. Sounds good. And they can reach you at um,
0: earthwalkerbalschool.com. They can leave a message for you there. And you also have something. Don't you have a face reading program coming up?
1: Yes. So we are very excited to be having Margie Flint from Marblehead, Massachusetts, come up to Camden, Maine. She'll be spending two days here with us, um, but the the class that's open to the public is on April 30th. The other day she's here is for a private advanced level training group. But on April 30th, which is a Sunday, um, from 10 to 4 at the Start Center in Camden, we will be having a reading the body day with Margie. She'll be walking us through um, reading the face, reading the tongue, reading the nails, and reading the eyes And then she'll also be seeing a few clients that day. And so we get to observe her doing a client intake. And it's invaluable information for holistic health practitioners. Excellent. So we have about five minutes left. What
0: else do you want to zone into on the face perhaps, or speak to?
1: On the face, let's see here. so let's talk about another line on the face. So from our the crease of our nose that goes down to the corner of our lips, this is an area that lines almost always show up on people eventually. Um, oftentimes, they're smile lines. But again, we talked about the quality of the skin. In this case, we're going to talk about the quality of the lines that show up. So these lines represent the ascending and the descending colon. So on the the right side of your face, that line from your nose to the corner of your mouth represents the ascending colon. And on the left side from your nose down to the corner of your mouth represents the descending colon. And it, it makes sense if you're aware of how the colon moves in the body, it follows the movement, it follows the pattern. So if you have um, no line or just a healthy line with no coloration in it, that's probably nothing. Um, That means it's a good sign when I say nothing. There's Mm -hmm. nothing going on there that's abnormal. But if there's a lot of redness in those lines, that might indicate that there's some irritation in the digestive tract, um, whether it's leaky gut or colitis or food sensitivities or just some kind of inflammation that's going on that should be addressed. Um, sometimes lines there develop and there are um, blackheads in those lines, and that indicates a lack of elimination. So, usually holding on to toxicity, which means you have to work on your metabolic system. You know, are we holding, what are we holding on to, and how can we release that? Mm-hmm. Um, from there, sometimes there's lines that stem off from the corner of the mouth that go into a triangle. And once those lines start to develop, we're actually starting to enter into a phase of pathology. And at that point, if those lines turn into a, a triangular line, this is a little difficult to convey over the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see a triangle, Margie calls this pathology island. Mm. And once she sees that show up, she asks people to go see a doctor and get more advanced testing than she can offer. Um Interestingly though, I mean we talk about all these lines that are developing What happens like the woman that called in and said She had a lot of surgeries, this was going on for her These lines have developed on her face Sometimes the lines that are on our face are actually from a trauma in the past And they're not active anymore So for example, a few years ago at Earthwalk I did a reading your face class And one woman showed up who had had a ruptured ovarian cyst And it was a pretty severe one that caused a lot of pain and and hemorrhaging. And um, on her chin, which remember the chin is the area of the lower pelvic floor, she developed a dark area. Mm -hmm. And it was on the same side where that cyst had ruptured. And so that was something that was in her past, but it was still showing on her face. So it's always good to to ask your client about their health history and see well what's happened. Maybe this isn't actually going on right now. So, so in your analysis, it's you're you're reading all of this, but you're doing a very
0: in-depth health history. Absolutely, because mm-hmm. you're looking at yeah, you know, what's because the past that's it, showing
1: up, what's present, and there could be a scar on the face and it's not an actual line. So it's always good to ask a lot mm-hmm. of questions. Mm Mm-hmm. And when, um,
0: just you, when you do this work, um, is there a place you zero in on first when you're, when you actually have somebody in the clinic? Is there something specific, you as a practitioner, that you like to look at first?
1: Um, I start at the beginning. I, I take a step back. I don't get right up in their face. I take a step back and say, what is the overall face shape? What are the elements that we're working with here? What is the dosha? And then I look for colorations and I just take it from there. So you kind of go so you have a, I, this method you go very
0: methodically I go
1: I go from, pretty from. much methodically but I also don't nitpick and mm-hmm. and here's the other thing that happens once you know how to read somebody's face it can become contagious so after you learn the skill you're going to start looking at everybody which is fun when it comes to politicians, but um, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't uh, go out and make people feel uncomfortable in public. You definitely shut that part of your brain off when you start examining everyone's face. That's great. <laughs> well, Melanie, parting comments. Um, the names of
0: the books again, The Practicing Herbalist by Maggie Flint. By Margie Flint. Margie Flint, mm-hmm. okay,
1: and then you had one other. And the other recommend- one is The Wisdom of Your Face by Jean Hainer.
0: So thanks to Melanie Rose Schofield for um, being on the show and talking about this. Also, I just want to bring this up. This came to me, Butterflies and Moths of Maine by photographer Louise Chorette. And this is Saturday, April 15th at 3 p.m. at the Jackson Learning Center and Historical Library. It's a fundraiser. And if you're interested in this, what's in your backyard, this slideshow and talk, please contact Louise at 207 722 Three four four five. That's Louise Chorette 722-3445. And thanks, as always, to John Greenman um, for engineering the show. I'm Cynthia Swan of Healthy Options. Thanks for listening. The programming that you are enjoying is made possible by financial contributions from WERU listeners. Each year, more and more of our supporters become sustaining members of WERU by having